Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved, folks, by calling 1-800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, name in town, all your emails. I'm glad you guys are here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad you're here. I wonder why we always say ladies first. I'm about to think about that. The what? Yeah. Good manners. Oh, that's what it is. Very good. I think what happened, I forgot that we have good manners. I don't see it anymore, so I forgot. Yes. I think that's because I heard somebody say once. Oh, we need the mic. I forgot. Be aware of the mic, mic folks. The mic folks are in days. I heard um, one time that men were supposed to be examples to the women. Yeah. To be examples to the kids. And so you were chivalrous. Oh, okay. Right on. I, um, I want to talk to you about attitudes. I was having this conversation with a, a man yesterday, and he told me that he had to hire uh, some workers to, to do some yard work for him. And for the most part, it, it, it didn't even occur to him to hire black workers, but to look for Hispanics. And so he hired some Hispanic workers, and he said he noticed that they were working very, very hard. They were out there doing the job, and they had a good attitude about it. And he was so happy with them that he bought them lunch. And he said that when they got to lunch, they, he offered them to sit in the back on the patio, you know, with the cover over there. And they said, no, nah, we'll sit right here on the grass under the tree. And he noticed them sitting there laughing and just no anger, no complaint, and they just hustling and putting their uh, best into the, into the work. And they were very grateful for the work, and he said they did an excellent job. He was so happy with their work. And it reminded him of growing up when he was, uh, he's from the, somewhere in the South, I think. He said that one time he, as a teenager, he had a friend of his just work for a lady next door. And they really worked hard. And the lady, they were expecting $20, and she only gave them $10, right? He said, but they shook it off and were happy and went and bought bubble gum and just had fun, right? And then it reminded me of when, when he said that they were sitting under grass and just having fun. It reminded me of when I was growing up, and we would pick cotton. And, and then at noontime, we would take lunch. And it would be so hot, you know, just beaming out hot. But we would sit under the oak trees and things like that and just have fun, eat out of lunch. I never, I, I can't remember. Now, I may come back one day and say, oh, I remember once. But I can't remember any time when I heard people in the cotton field or whatever we were doing complaining about the work. You know, like, oh, I don't want to be here. It's too hot and too this. Or halfway doing the work. They really did it with a, with a good attitude, a good attitude. And we were, you know, I was thinking about that. I said, wow, that is true. We used to have that kind of attitude about work in this country. But now uh, it's almost impossible to find that kind of work, in, especially young people, but especially black people. And, I, and it's happening to the American Hispanic right now, too, the, the ones that are being brainwashed. They're, 
somewhat losing that desire. And we were saying, wow, uh, I don't know if we can ever get that back again, that kind of attitude about work. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, you just, you're glad to be working and, and happy about it. So he said, you know what? I don't want to send the illegals back. Maybe we should keep a few of them here. <laughs> He's like, I'm changing my mind now about sending illegals back because we need good attitude uh, about work. And for the most part, I don't see it right now. And, uh, right here, Robert, she has her hand up. My question was, were there illegals? Because to me, that's a totally different frame of mind that you're, you're comparing with someone that's legally here versus someone that's illegally here. And of course, they're going to have a different mindset about But we were legal and we had that same attitude in the good old days when boys were boys and men were men. We were here legally. Yeah, but right now, it's, you, it's, you're doing a comparison. I, I believe an unfair comparison. Well, I don't know if they were illegal or not, if, if so, I wouldn't tell it anyway because I don't want to oh, okay. get arrested. Okay. All <laughs> but right. I think you're wrong. I, I, I don't know why you're saying that. Tell me why well, you're Well, because if, if, you're, if, if I was illegal and I was here, I would be happy to have work, and right. I would have a totally different frame of mind than someone that's legally here. But why would you have that same mind and attitude about work if you're legal? Well, I'm just... they. The guy may have been, they may have overworked, and maybe he underpaid them, and they would still be happy. No, but this particular, he paid them well because he liked their attitude about work. But why wouldn't you have the same attitude, though, uh, if you were here legally about work? I, to me, in my mind, I'm, I believe that if you're here illegally, you will overwork, and you probably will get underpaid. Maybe in not that situation, but right. I believe on the... Just well, I'm sure there are cases where illegal aliens are being misused. Used. Of yes. course, that. and they're okay with that. But my question that. is, as a, an American citizen, why wouldn't you have that same attitude? You may be overworked, underpaid, but why wouldn't you have that same attitude as a citizen? Well, I'm sure some people do. But I just believe the illegal part is an unfair comparison. Oh, you do? Yes. Because if I came over here, I mean, I don't blame them for coming over here. Because right. to me, the, our country is letting them come over. They're inviting I, I them to come over. I understand that, but I don't know why would that be an unfair comparison about the attitude about work. Because do you know how they live in their country? I know, but still, we should have that same attitude about work because it's good to work and it's good to be happier. I remember I had a janitorial service uh -huh. and I was working at the hospital early in the morning from uh, like 6 until 3 or something like that. I would go home and get dressed and go, and at the time, it was just me and my business partner, and we would have to clean toilets and, and do all those kinds of things. And we had fun doing that. We had, you know, I had the same attitude that I had working at the hospital as a computer person. Right. But, so I don't quite understand, as a citizen, why wouldn't we have that same attitude about work? I do believe some people do. But a whole lot don't, though. Okay, but I don't, to me, I would venture to say most young people, at least in the black community, from the age 50 down, uh -huh. they don't like to work like that. I told them I was going to send them back to the plantation so I could teach them to work, and they had a fit. Okay, yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Why would you have a fit about I it? I don't know. I just, I just believe, um, you know, our country is letting illegals come over so they can pay them less than the what, than what they should a citizen. I know, but it's not about the illegals per se. It's about the attitude toward work. I understand that our young people need to have a change of a different attitude about work. Right. I believe it's an unfair comparison. Oh, okay. If I was over there in TJ, or I was, I was over there in Mexico, and I had a chance to come over here, yes, I will, I will allow, I will get paid one tenth percent of what I'm supposed to get paid. I would do that just to be over here. The opportunities, the free stuff that this government is giving those people, the milk, the cereal, and oh, okay. oh I'd be over here too. But you wouldn't have, but if you lived here as an American citizen, you wouldn't have that good, the same attitude about work. I don't know if you can call that good. That kind of attitude? Yes. Really? Yes. They're being okay. underpaid, probably, most of them. Wow. So I don't I necessarily love what call, you're saying. call that a good attitude. Let me put a, a, a non-smiling face by you. <laughs> I'm going to create a frown. <laughs> Survival attitude. They have a survival <laughs> attitude. It's, it's not a good attitude about work. It's surviving. And you're in America, and you're not supposed to be here. That's okay. a totally different. <laughs> and, and America, is, they're feeding you, and they're taking care of your kids. You can go to the hospital and have a baby. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Am I by myself? All right. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she has her hand. Let her have the okay. mic right here. Okay. Right here. Hello? No, I was just going to say, because I'm Mexican, and I think that I actually lived in Mexico, okay. and I know there's a lot of American Mexicans that have not actually lived in Mexico. So I think I see the same problem in Mexico. So to me, it's more like a generational, you know, you have kids that don't know what hard work is, yeah. and there's that disconnect from the grandparents That's who know problem. what hard work is. And you have an entitlement mentality. Yes, absolutely. It's like when I was growing up, my parents were like born as slaves. You know, my grandparents and their parents and their parents. Were. But they still had that good attitude about work because there is something magical about working hard. And it's not necessarily about the pay, even though you do get the pay, but much more come from it than what I think most people today realize when you give it your all, when you really, and then when you have the right attitude about it. I think that's what's missing. Um, yes, sir. I think that uh, most people, it's not, just, it's not just the black community. Most people that I know back um, in my area don't have that kind of work yeah. ethic and good attitude. I can think of two people that I've worked with that <laughs> that have that kind of attitude. That that not, not really determined attitude. Yeah, including like yeah. my, including myself. I mean, it's including you. Yeah, including. <laughs> so you're lazy too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I had a little <laughs> bit of it growing up. But Thank you for being honest. <laughs> but yeah. So what was it like growing up and work? Did you have to work growing up? A little bit. Yeah. Oh no wonder. <laughs> And so your parents did not insist that you work hard and, and be happy about work. They did a little bit, but it was like a drag a for drag. some reason. Yeah. Work was? Uh-huh. Sometimes. Oh, I see. What kind of work did you do growing up? Like working on the roof in the summertime and stuff like that. And that was a drag? 
it sometimes became a drag because I was there would be I would want to play a video game or stay inside. Oh, I see. Whatever. And so as an adult, you're still kind of lazy. Yeah. You do what you what you could get away with. Um. I notice that sometimes I work hard, but it feels kind of like. Sometimes I enjoy myself doing it, but then a lot of times afterwards, like, it'll be more compulsive. More like, I won't have, I won't be balanced about it. Wow. You won't be balanced about it. Like, I, like if I work hard, I'll get a little stressed out and, and <laughs> just kind of go crazy. You get stressed out and go crazy. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, wow! Very interesting. Can you make a note that he's white? He's white as snow. <laughs> Thank you. He's so white. I don't think you can get a tan. Right? No. <laughs> oh, ah, uh, right there. Did you have your hand? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you two are making different arguments. I think she's focusing on the politics, but and I'm not. Right. You're not talking um, politically at all. I think. I think when she heard illegal, she started thinking politics. But um, I think you're making a powerful point about attitude in the sense of um, the humility of a Christian yeah. and um, just being thankful in general for what's around you. But I, I'm, I'm convinced that most people have an entitlement mentality in our society, even if they are hard workers, you know, they, they think they need, you know, X, Y, yeah. and Z. They're, they're not truly grateful for it. You know, we're brainwashed to think I need this kind of a job with this salary and these kinds of benefits and this level of prestige or else I'm not happy. <laughs> and then so there's still they're still complaining about their boss or yeah. the workload and they just they don't have a perspective you know they don't look at what's happening in other countries and there's something really special and rare about the attitude that you're seeing people who come from a really humble place um physically humble they might not have the perfect but but they're they're yeah. working when i first started bond i had a, a janitorial service at, the, at that time and uh making good money and uh, really doing my own thing. I had seven full-time employees working for me. They were all Hispanic. Did I tell you that? <laughs> and the reason that they were all, all Hispanic is because whenever I tried with blacks, it didn't work. They were complaining. They were, I started to use the B word with the I-N-G. Yeah. They were complaining, then they would, ha- would halfway show up. They would... Uh, how we do the work? So I said, you know what? I'm not hiring these people. I'm not going to be into the black thing and go broke, you know? And so I hired Hispanics. I never had to work. Work hard, the men and the women, because I hired both. And then when I started Bond, I sold that business. And for about almost 10 years, I did not receive a paycheck at all for myself. I would pay my employees. I would take all the money, put my speaking engagement, and put it back in Bond. But the thing about it, I had the perfect attitude for that. And I worked very hard. And I just had the right attitude for that. And what I realized after looking back on it, God was blessing me in a way that I didn't even realize. He would bring out the best in me. He was, um, he was setting it up where eventually I will get a paycheck and things will still fall in place. He, he made me feel 
secure about myself and about my, you know, my work. I didn't worry about anything. It's like something else comes out of you when you, and I can be trusted. You can't trust lazy employees. You know, I don't care what color they are. So they're going to be talking about the boss to other employees. They're going to be griping about what they make. And they'll mess you up in business. I hear a lot of uh, business owners talking about that today. It's hard to find committed workers who made a promise that they'll work for whatever amount of money and keep that promise. It really messes up business because that attitude is gone. And I think that attitude is gone because people don't understand what comes out of you when you work hard and, and be happy about it. It's not about the money. It's about the spirit. It's about bringing out the best in you. That's why foreigners come over here, other black Africans and other people come here, and they do very well because they come here with that attitude that we used to have as American people. That's why they do so well. And folks will say, hey, look, these people are not asking the government for anything. They're coming, they're building their own communities, they're getting good education, they're, they, ha- they keep the family together, and we used to be that way, but it's not dealt with anymore. And it's really not good for America. You've got to have that attitude if you want to survive in the right way. you got to have that attitude. Yes, sir? You know, we all have to work. I mean, that's, that's a fact. Okay? Not really, not anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's well, right. Over 50% that's of right. the people... There's, re- uncle, there's Uncle Sam out there. Yeah, okay? the government anyway, takes care of a lot anyway, of people. Generally, we, that, that's the way it should be. Okay? Yes. So if we have to work, uh, you know, not having a good attitude, we're actually shortchanging ourselves. And I, I'll explain what I mean by that. Make a long story short. Yeah, real quick, okay? Now, if you go about with a good attitude, you know what... It's fun, no matter what, yeah. what you do, you know, you, you enjoy, minute. you enjoy. Do you mind, hold on one minute, do you mind putting it in, in the class with the kids? You don't have them back there? Oh, they left, huh? Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. You, in other words, you rob, you rob yourself of uh, uh, having a better time with a good attitude and going about the work that you need to do. You right. Know, if, you have, if you have a good attitude... Life is different. It really is. It's more enjoyable. And, and you know what? And it doesn't really matter a great deal of what you do, you see? So people are actually really shortchanging themselves but not having that attitude because yes. then, you know what it is? The job turns into a drag. You know, you can hardly wait until the day, go, day goes by. And, uh, it, it, no, it's and then, bad. And then, you know what? You are fed up. I mean, now you look at yourself being fed up and having a positive attitude, having a good attitude about the work. You know, you know, and that attitude is not just with work. It really should be a way of life, that kind of attitude, because we all, we're always hit with something, some type of challenges, right? And if you don't have that attitude, that attitude, I have a name for it, I think. It just popped in my mind. If you don't have an attitude about life, you won't make it anywhere. If you don't have an attitude when things are so-called bad or when things are so-called good, it's that same spiritual attitude that I'm talking about. And a lot of folks don't have an attitude to deal with life. They are mad about the challenges. They are mad about this and that. And life is just hell. And, and it doesn't have to be hell. And even if you don't have a college degree, you still can do better than the person with the degree if you have that attitude that I'm talking about. 
if you have it. But it's amazing the number of people that don't have it today. Yes, sir. I just wanted to throw this one into the onto the grill, and that was the fact that uh, the the mental the body politic mentality, you know, the mentality of us as a whole uh, is determined by the government and uh, you know the how they are with the people. Yeah. And so they're not rewarding people anymore as they were before. They're 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 involved in it in a way that's. As you know, stifling, you know, any sort of benefit from your progress. Yes. And so that's got to be a major factor in um, everything that we're talking about right now. Yes. Um, the government is doing that, but it's the government job to destroy you. The government job is not to make you wise and smarter, independent and free. The government job is to destroy you. You can never, ever trust the government. Who I really blame are the parents. Because if parents were, if adults would get married, fathers and mothers work together, be that working example, be that good attitude for the children, when the kids grow up and go out into the world, then the government and the deceivers out there can't take over the kids like that because they're being made firm and strong in the home by the parents. But what the government does is destroy the parents, you know, pass laws against men, make sure the, the parents. I was talking to the guy in the, in the uh, supermarket the other day, once in a while I go. When I go to the supermarket, I hate going to the store. Now, that's one sin I commit all the time. And when I go to the store, I go right to the aisle that I want, and I get the item and walk right out and look for the shortest line and get out of there. And this guy was telling me, about his wife, he was like complaining, this worker was complaining about his wife. He said, you know, I don't know why he was so upset right then and there, right? He said, you know, my wife, he was just going, I hate my wife. He's like, she has diabetes, she has high blood pressure, and she's an alcoholic, and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I said, why do you let her drink? You don't have to let her drink. Yes, I do. I have to let her drink. I said, why? He said, because if I don't let her drink, she'll call the police and I'll be in jail. And I'm not going to jail for my wife or nobody. He said, so as a result of that, my household is out of control because I can't do anything about what my wife is doing. He says that she gets drunk and then she just goes to parties, she curses, and they get in fights, and she wake up the next morning and says she had fun last night. <laughs> <laughs> He said, um, I said, in the olden days when boys were boys and men were men, that would never happen. He said, I know. He said, but now the laws are against me, and I can't do anything about my wife and my family. Isn't that a sad commentary? But that's what the government would do for you, because they don't want you to be independent and free. We were talking about bullying the other day on the radio, on my radio show. And um, I think wavesofgrade.com were there, right? Was that right? Waves of Grey. And they were talking about how you should, the liberal guy was talking about how you should handle bullying, don't teach your kids to fight, don't see, you know, this and that, right? And I said that what I'm teaching my granddaughters is that if some kid at school or anywhere mess with you, <laughs> you give them a warning first. I suggest you not mess with me. You're going to get hurt. And if they continue, you knock the teeth out 
And then, and then they said, well, don't knock the teeth out. I said, okay, knock them blind. And then go tell the teacher that they messed with me and I defended myself. Because it's the weak kids who are being bullied. You know, the ones that are whining and whimping and committing suicide, jumping off the bridge. But if you stand up for yourself, these so-called bullies are not going to mess with you. Can you imagine teaching your child, oh, if somebody hits you, you can run and tell the teacher. My grandmother would have whooped life out of me. <laughs> oh, mama, that boy jumped on me today. Did you fight back? No, because I, I, I just went and told the teacher. He will whoop me until the cows come home. <laughs> now, she wouldn't want me to go out there and start a fight, but they want me to defend myself. We have even lost that with the kids nowadays. They try to tell you, don't bully, don't do this. It's all a mess. It's all wrong. It's all backwards. And we're, we're creating a weak society. Yes, sir. Hold on for the mic. About what you said about uh, not having the proper attitude uh, to go, uh, going to work, I have a f uh, frightening feeling that that attitude that we, men supposed to have may have, in a way... People, period, men and women. Okay. I have aunts that used to beat up their husbands. Yes. It's, I remember one of my aunts threw her. He was a big guy. And they were fighting. And they had a coffee table right in the middle. He picked them up and threw them on the coffee table, broke the table half and threw them. I was like, wow. That's what you call a real man. <laughs> he was a big guy. He's dead and she's still living. As I was about to say, <laughs> I have a frightening feeling that this kind of attitude may have been bullied out uh, people a long time uh, a long time ago when uh, when society, uh, when uh, when we give everything to uh, to the gov uh, uh, give every our problems to the government and in the yes and in the process we uh, we give away our ultimately give away our character this is why uh, this is why I feel that um, mankind uh, we have a mess especially when. Uh, when trying to find a job or an education or anything, we don't have the character. Long story short, sir. We don't have the character to uh, character to demand uh, to demand of ourselves to do the right thing. Amen. Yes. Thank and you. You realize you realize That's enough, that boy. I just want to add one thing. Okay, go. Ahead. You realize go ahead. that this is the twentieth anniversary of the L.A. riots. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good reminder. Yes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Hey, we can get a hold of that mic. Nah. Uh, you're right about that. And I'm going to talk about that next week on my radio show. That is so ridiculous. They've been talking about the L.A. riot, right? I'll just make, I don't want to deviate. And, if, and the thing I don't like about um, or disagree with what they were saying, they're like, uh, we got to stick together. We got to do this. No change. They put in a whole lot of money into, the, into this area. But things have gotten worse instead of getting better. And that's because they have a we mentality instead of an individual mentality. They are, they are identifying as black people, and they bring in the Hispanic too, blacks and, and Hispanic. Instead of being a person, they identify with a group. And the worst thing that you can do to yourself, the absolute worst thing that you can allow to happen to your life is to identify, get your identity from, from somebody else from a physical thing, person, place, or thing. When you identify with a group or with someone else, you lose yourself. 
It's the worst thing that you can happen, that can happen to you. You start acting like the person, sounding like the person, believing like the person or thing or whatever it is. It controls you. That's why God wants us to get our identity from him, only from Christ and nothing else. But 90% of the people get their identity from somebody else or something else. And we've been told that we're supposed to be getting identity from one another. We are not. That's another lie that's been told to you. Our identity should come from righteousness from within and not from another person. Not from another person or another place or another thing or money or anything. But I find that most people get their identity from somebody else. They look like them, they dress like them, they walk like them, they talk like them. And, then, and the thing about it, they don't even know that they're getting that, their, this identity from something else or somebody else. And it's just rampant, especially in my community, the black community, because they've been taught that for the last 50 years. A good example of what happens, let me take Rodney's hand first, and then I'll tell you about that, because I want to bring this in as well. It's a spiritual battle, folks, between good and evil. I'm overcoming my identity with my mother, my identity with, uh, with uh, being black, my identity. With, I'm overcoming that. It looked like when God changed my heart, he just broke all that, and now I'm overcoming it. There's no freedom like the freedom that comes from your identity with God. None. None is, you, can't even, you can't begin it. Your mind can't comprehend what that is like. It cannot comprehend what that is like. Isn't that amazing? You guys look pretty serious right now. <laughs> I better tell a joke real fast. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, I was watching Tavis Smiley on Book TV, and yes. he was uh, talking about the black thing and um, how blacks are on a, he said they have a perpetual audition. And I was just thinking how he's not, uh, he talks about this stuff all the time, but he's not empowering blacks right. to do anything different. You know, he just has this circuit where he goes around and around, blacks don't get this, this is, we have to do this, this is a problem, this is a problem. But have you taught our youth to value education? Have you taught blacks to stand together or to do to work hard, to do better, to build their own businesses and things like that? None of those things are happening. And so what he's going to do is just keep on the same, the same circle. Same thing. Another 50 years will go by, and they will be in the same situation. He will still be angry. This is why I'm trying to break them apart. I want people to be individuals first so they can seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, and then he'll add on to you what should be happening in your life. A good example of that, I'm going to bring it up. There's this thing that they're trying to do now under Al Sharpton and Jackson and others called measuring the movement, uh, Trayvon Martin movement. You heard about that? And they are going around the country trying to connect blacks based on that. And I'm thinking, what do they want? What kind of movement do they want? Are they trying to get blacks to do what? I don't know what they want. And then this morning they had... Trayvon, uh, father, mother, and Abelou DeBlas, somebody out of New York who was killed by a cop. But what they are not telling you, that these people uh, are running from cops. They are committing some type of crime. The cops are not just going out killing black people, but they leave that part out. They don't tell you what these people have done that caused the cops to take the action that they took. They just say, oh, we need a movement. They're trying to desperately get a movement going. And the unfortunate thing is that because so many people within that community identify with these people, they'll believe in a lie that doesn't even exist. 
and they are working hard to create a lie. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. And you don't know what they want. They don't say what they want. But the people like they're applauding just because they say white and black or bad police. They're just going for it. And if you try to say, well, what do you want? They don't tell you. They have a thing, uh, the government is attacking the Catholic Church. And uh, they're saying that the Catholic Church have to provide contraceptions and condoms for their employees. And so the Catholic Church said, no, we're not going to do that, right? And then the president said, well, if you don't do it, then the insurance have to do it. Insurance companies have to do it. And I'm thinking, that's not a favor, because if the insurance company have to do it, who's going to pay for it? We're going to pay for it. It doesn't change anything. But it's a spiritual battle going on out there, and the attack is up on the family, the church, men, good women, anything that's good. And then they use the same women. If you say no to it, you're attacking women. Now you're supposed to back down. They did the same thing with the gays. If you don't hire them, if you, don't, if you question or don't agree, the gay, you know, dumb stuff. But a lot of people are falling for it. Booker T. Washington said that there will always be people out there who uses the past or remind you of the past in order to keep you angry and control you. And that's what we have in these people. They're just bringing up the past. It has nothing to do with it now, but they do it to keep you mad so they can control you. And the people just falling for it. Yes, Pat. I want you to wake up, folks. I don't identify with any color at all. And I used to do that. No color. I used to get up in the mirror and see that I'm black and think, wow, life is hell. What am I going to do today? <laughs> it's hard in America. <laughs> when you're black and greasy. <laughs> That's why I had to put this stuff on my face. Because in the camera, I'll be black and greasy. I look like fried chicken. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. Uh, one thing people don't talk about much is that the going back to the illegal alien problem, the illegal aliens are, are a replacement for the black workforce that failed. There's yeah. a lot of black people that wanted to work and were working at the time and doing well in a lot of the trades. But a lot of the black community was being destroyed at the same time. Yeah. And because of the weakness and the family breaking up and the Hispanic community had stronger family ties, they, yeah. they had, it's they had about better, the family. They had better attitudes about working, and they yeah. basically came in and replaced the American black workforce. Absolutely. It's about the family, folks. We got to protect our children. We got to stay together as families. And then men and women of God, never mind the color, we got to stay together as one under Christ and do the thing that's right. There's no greater joy than doing what's right, not being afraid, standing up for what is right. There's nothing like it. But the hardest thing is to get the people to come out of denial so that they can live the right way. And I'm going to give you examples of that in a minute. James, did I see your hand again? It, they're not just replacing the black people. They're replacing, like, college-age people that are forced to go to college rather than go to work. That's a good point. Everybody and their mama got to go to college. You don't need to go to college. You just need to have a good attitude about work. Save your money. Invest your money. 
treat people the way you would like to be treated. Uh, when you tell a person, I'm going to work for you for X amount of dollars, put your all in Put your all into it because what's happening is God is watching over you. He loves your attitude, and he's opening up doors for you that you don't see. But a lazy man or a lazy woman, you're never going to get a door open up. It's just, just not going to happen. But it's about the, the spirit. It's about what is right. It's about the attitude. And I want to know about your attitude. I need some honesty if you don't mind. Let me see. I'm going to go to the worst one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let me go to the biggest liar. I want to check your attitude because I hear a lot of complaints about different situations. A little child has come and people are just wiped out. And a, a little wind come and your house is just blown down instead of having a good attitude. When evil when comes after you, if you understand what's going on, it's a good thing. It really is. If your attitude is right, if your attitude is correct, it's a good thing. I can tell the truth to, I know five people in this room right now, I'm going to close my eyes for a minute. I can tell the truth to them right now, they get mad at me just like that. They won't come back for six months. And the little donation is gone. But it's that attitude. If you can't hear the truth about yourself and you can't face yourself, you're not going to make it. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be lost, all in the name of Jesus. But you've got to get that attitude in check. God loves us. He really does. It's amazing. It's amazing how much he loves us. I was sitting in my room yesterday, nobody around, around 7, 8 o'clock, and no TV, no radio. I read it, read it a little bit. I put the book down. And I just sat there, and it's like heaven and earth came together. It was perfectly quiet. And I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. It is so nice. But we have that in us. That quietness is inside of us. And we're supposed to live that way with all that we do, uh, that stillness, never overreacting to anything. And you'll just see, and you'll just overcome, and you'll just, because I'm telling you, you don't know how blind you are until you wake up. We're so blind, it's not even funny. About little simple things, we're blind. You don't know how blind you are. I was thinking yesterday, wow, how could I have been that blind? Nothing is what it seems. Nothing is what it seems. I was thinking about death, and then I'll, I'll take your hand. You know how I was thinking about all the people I know, I've known over the years how they were here, and now they're dead and gone. And you don't even think about them anymore. It's like they never was here. You notice that? <laughs> I remember I had a good friend who died, and I never thought that I would just forget about him. You know, I thought, wow, you know, he'll always. But it's like he never was. It's like he was never here. And I'm thinking, wow, I bet you will overreacting to death, too. You know, if someone dies, you know how you carry on and you lie about the person, all of a sudden they become wonderful and you hated that person when they were here? <laughs> I think we got the wrong attitude even about, I read that in the, in the, in the sea, in the ocean, in water, some life only lasts for a few minutes. Is that true? It's just live for a few minutes. And I don't see God crying over that. 
<laughs> so I, we are so brainwashed and blinded by everything. I'm telling you, it's not the way. No wonder Christ said, they're like, oh, come and help us with this dead person. He's like, no, let the dead bury the dead. He didn't go back there and have some funeral and carry on and cry and hoop and holler. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> and the Bible says that we should rejoice when a person dies and cry when they're born because when they're born, they just bring hell into your life. <laughs> and when they die, be glad that hell is gone. But it's hard for you to perceive it that way, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> Daddy died, mama died. You're like, oh, mama, dad. And you're depressed over mama. And mama didn't cause you nothing but hell. And then when mama's dead, she's still controlling you. <laughs> That's right. I'm just saying. Yes, right. It's just food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to wake up. I really, really want you to wake up. It is amazing. Yes, right. What, what I notice nowadays is that um, there's, there's just one group of people who, who come out, and anytime you say something they don't like, you know, you're racist, you're homophobe, you're, you hate Muslims, you hate... Those are children of Satan. Yeah, and when I was growing up, they used to have this saying, it was called the American Way. Yeah. And, you know, Superman, Truth, Justice, even the cartoons would talk about these things. And everybody knew that all you needed to do was to work hard, save your money, and invest. And the secret of America is that you would prosper. You can be poor today and a millionaire tomorrow. That is, that is legendary over the entire world and people will kill to come here because that opportunity is here today now i want to just add a little bit to that i'm not bragging i didn't i did not go to school for finance you know i I barely i finished high school luckily i guess and then i went to la city college for a year i told you about that and the only reason i went who knows why i went to la city college i did not go for an education (laughs) i went to get a white woman that's the reason I went. <laughs> because growing up on the plantation, my uncles would go to upstate New York and they would work up there and they'd come back and talk about the white women. White women were a little different than black women at the time. And so I said, wow, when I go to California, I'm going to go to college and get me a white woman. <laughs> I went to college for one year. It took me almost a year to get her. <laughs> I still remember her. I got this white woman, and I dropped out of school. Because <laughs> I had heard these things. And I dropped out of school, so I didn't go to college and stuff like that. But once I, God took away my anger, and he gave me perfect peace and allowed me to see life in a spiritual way, it also changed the way I handled finances and everything. Because before, I couldn't handle finance well either. And, and so it taught me just what Frankie said. You work hard, you save your money, and then while you're saving, and I had this principle of saving 10% and whenever I make a paycheck, I put 10% away, and then don't use it for anything. Live off the rest. Pay your rent, buy your groceries, your gas, have a little money in your pocket. And then for some reason, God gives you an opportunity to either invest or do something like that, and the money you have saved is just enough for the investment. It's weird how that is, and just enough for the investment. 
And then it's an investment that in a worldly way you would never get because they would say you don't qualify. But for some reason, he'll make that investment happen for you. It's like he gives favor to whomever you're dealing with on your behalf. And you look around and you think, wow, how did all this happen? I'm telling you, the spiritual world is different than the physical world in the way that you do life. And then I counsel people. I tell people now how to invest. I don't think I never went to school for it, but the principles are so simple. But when you have anger, it, it creates doubt and it creates difficulties for you. You're not able to see those simple ways of making it. But God got it all laid out. One thing leads to another. It really does. And if you just follow those simple principles, you'll look around and have wealth beyond what you can imagine. And you'll give it away. You'll start giving. I'm telling you, it works. I'm a living witness that it works. And the people in the good old days knew this because they would say, you better save some money. Don't waste all your money. Invest your money. Buy some land. Do this. They used to say that all the time. But people believe more in education now than they do in what's inside of us. They don't know we have that on the inside anymore. They trust the man. They trust the teacher. They trust the doctor. They trust the lawyer. They, they trust the preacher more than they trust what's inside of you. Isn't that amazing? And you're suffering unnecessarily. I want to ask this young lady a question. Um, last week you said that you were mad at me, like when I said something, you, it made you mad, right? Yeah. You, you Sorry. Yes. Yes. Have you learned anything from that? Do you know why you got mad? I think um, partly it was jealousy. and It was jealousy? Yeah. And, um, jealousy of what? Saved, and I'm not. So what? You're saved, and I'm not. I'm saved, and you're not. Yeah, yeah because the reason I that because you mentioned immediately when I talked about how I forgave my mother, and and God forgave me, and it just set me free. You said that made you feel jealousy. Yeah, I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how have your week been as a result of knowing this? Well, actually, it was a a bad week. Well, because, it, it was a. It was a bad and a good week. so A bad and a good one? Okay, it was like... What was bad about it? How I acted, but it was good because I fully seen myself and how horrible I am. Yeah. And even though the situation may be what I was saying was right, it was the way I acted that was wrong. Yes. Yeah, it's like I went off on three members... In my oh, you, family. Oh, that's what you did wrong? You yeah. went off on three people? <laughs> yeah. That's especially a good holy one. example. Yeah, especially one. <laughs> my nephew. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, then I really, I see, and it happened just um, a day ago, and I really looked at myself just this this night. I was just like, wow, like, I am really something else. Yeah, yeah. so. And did you go back and apologize and say, you know what? It's not you, it's me. What you did may have been wrong, but yeah. I'm not setting that good example. I haven't yet, because I, I was still dealing with it. I was going back and forth with myself. Oh, did you talking to you about it? Yeah, back and forth. He was telling you what? I was right, but then I would say, well, it was the way I said it. I should never said said that. 
Yeah. I should have said it another kind of way or something like that. So you're the that. devil talking about it? And he <laughs> in, my, in my mind. Yeah, that's the devil in your mind. Yeah. And he won because you didn't go back and apologize, right? No. Yeah. So he won. Okay. I'm sorry? I said, oh, okay. okay. No, I was still planning to apologize, but... Well, I guess, I guess what you're saying is true. I just kept going back and forth with myself. And I was, something said, you need to apologize. And then I didn't. Let me just say, yeah. there is no, I don't think there's any, there's no such thing as going back and forth with yourself. Mm -hmm. When it is, the devil keeps giving you ideas to keep you from doing the right thing. He's afraid that, and I gave you an example of that last week. He's afraid that if, if you lock, if you, if, you know, if you don't listen to him, mm -hmm. you will do the right thing. So he keeps putting things in your head. Like I told you about that thing last week at the airport, when uh, about the uh, free lemonade. Remember that? Yeah. You gotta remember that story. Right? Yeah. Long story short, for those that don't know, I was at the airport. I bought two lemonade, one for me and one for my assistant. And he finished his first and went back and got one free, you know, a, a refill. And I didn't know the airport would even do that. And when he went back and got it. Right away, he said, oh, you, you can get some more, too. That way, it'll look like you didn't pay a lot of money for it. <laughs> and then I said to myself, no, I don't want another, because I could barely finish the one I had. And then, and then so that didn't work. And, and then he said, well, I forgot the other thing he told me. But the third thing he said was, well, it's free. It's a free refill, right? And right away, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get one. <laughs> But then I realized the devil was talking to me. I didn't really want one. And when I didn't give in to it, my whole being just relaxed. And I realized I didn't even want it. Isn't that something? So he's constantly telling you something. It's not you. It's he who's telling you these things to keep you from doing the right thing. That's what I want you to realize. There is no you. You don't make decisions about anything. You have never made a decision about anything. Your ego makes you think that you have, but you have not made a decision. Even when you lie, you don't make a decision about lying. He tells you to lie. We don't make decisions. Only the ego wants you to think that you make decisions. Either God guides us or Satan is guiding us. You're being influenced by one or the other, by everything that you do in life. Everything. That's why God said that we flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places. I'm going to tell you in a minute how you can know that you don't make decisions. And hopefully it'll be real, real clear for you. But you don't make decisions. Just think about some of the folks that are around you and you don't like them, but they're there anyway. You would have never made a decision to be with that person or those people. But we'll, we'll come to that. Did, did you have? Yes. About myself that when I'm talking to somebody and they say something to me and that's completely dumb it seemed like something inside of me just lose it you lose it yeah like yeah. I noticed that with a few people like even if I hold it it's like I'm like what did right. you just say <laughs> like it's just and I don't know it's that ego or very good point. Yeah. Can you tell her, let's say you walk down the road and she told you that. She's like, everybody's dumb. Everywhere I go, I see people absolutely dumb. What do you think? And, and she loses it. 
What do you say? What would you say to her as a Christian woman walking down the road? Well, first of all, I would tell you she was wrong for judging that person, and it was her ego yeah. that was uh, making her think that way. Yeah, because the dumb person is not the one that 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 you're looking at; it's the one that's judging the one that you're talking to. <laughs> that's the dummy. <laughs> the dumb person, not the one that's making the stupid comments. It's the person that's judging the stupid comments. That's the dumb one. So from now on, you should say, you know what? You should say, you know what? I'm a dumb person. I'm sitting here judging this person. You can see that it's dumb without judging the person. That's what you want. Because people can't help themselves. They can't see what they're doing. People are following Al Sharpton. Now, that's the dumbest thing you can do in the whole world. So you know these people must not see what they're doing. Jesse Jackson. You know that's dumb, but they you gotta realize these people who are following these folks absolutely don't see what's happening. We can see it, right? So, but they can't. I used to listen to Jackson when I was dumb, angry and dumb down. But I woke up, God woke me up and I see them. But but these people they need to wake up. They don't see what they're doing. And so it's your problem, not theirs. And you don't have love for anyone. That's why you're judging everybody and everything. It's all ego. It's of your father and the devil. But you think because you know the truth a little bit, you know about things, that you have it, not realize if you truly had it, you would not be judging anyone. What am I supposed to do with this? Just let it stay here? Yeah. Oh, whatever. That's Billy. That makes sense? Yes. The one thing, now I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but the one thing I thank God for more than, well, I thank you for everything, is that he took away judgment from me so I don't judge my enemy. He took that away from me. It's not in my, my nature. I don't think to do that. It's just not there. I thank him for that. I thank him for that. I thank him for that. It's just not there for me to feel anything about anybody. Isn't that something? Yeah. And so I treat people the way God treats me. God show me love. And I show other people love as well. That's what it's all about. Uh, yes, sir. Come. Oh, we all have a mic for him now. Can you come over here, John? Maybe something happened in there, so they had to put the handheld mic here for me. Oh, I got to come to you too, Mark. Yes, I want to get which story is true. You say that um, God took away your ability to judge. Yes. And then in another time, and, and you're doing the same thing the Bible does. It gives you two different stories, and you wonder which one is the true one. And then in another time, you'll say that it's because you let go of judgment that you no longer judge. Oh. Which is the case? That's a good question. Anybody else confused about it? You're confused by it? Oh, about what he said. <laughs> well, I mean, in other words, did you do something or did he just take it away from you? I've always said that it was he who took it away from me. You can't take spiritual things away from yourself. But then you also say that it's, it's you who let go of this. Right, but it was he who caused me to let go. Maybe I should have hold up a sign when I said, like when I said I let go, 
I need to hold up a sign. He who made me let go. Yeah, exactly. Just a reminder. Yeah. 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 No. All right. Thank you. Of ourselves, spiritually, we can do nothing. Really, we can't. Right here, I have a quick question, and then I want to tell you how something I want you to do this week. All right. And this is going to blow your mind. How are things going for you? Speaking to the mic. Well, this thing about attitude, you, we came, when you came in, when I came in, you were talking about attitude yes. with work and stuff like that. You know, I, I think I have a good attitude, you know, as far as my work is concerned, but I'm having a lot of problems right now. Um, I, I see that I don't have a good attitude when it comes to life. Now, I don't know if you can actually have a good attitude at work if you don't have a good attitude at with no. life, but this is where I'm struggling right now. You know, I'm, I'm in a situation where... You know that I, I'm, you know I figure I'm finding out that um, the work that I do, it's not, um, it doesn't fit me. You know, it, it's um, in a lot of ways it, it's, um, it causes me to, to do things that uh, I know that I shouldn't do, like unethical things. You know, because we have to do sales and stuff like that too. So, but the work is not making you do that. <clears throat> no, it's. Um, in order to, in order to be, you know, work goals, it's 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 impossible to be. Uh, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's impossible to be ethical and then be able to make, you know, to meet the sales goals. And, That's not and true. I see that the people that are making the sales goals, they're actually, they set it up. They're real intelligent about the way they, they set it up so that they can be right on right on the borderline of what, yeah, is is allowable by the company, and then what's. Um, would be considered unethical, but if you, if, uh, but it's set up in a way. My work situation is, if you sell a lot, did they leave you alone? They don't care. They, the boss can be standing behind you, and here you sit, telling you know, not disclosing things to customers. It won't matter. Yeah. If you don't sell a lot, then what they do is they don't they can't they don't hold you to a quota, but then they just come and plug in with you, and they want to sit with you and, and listen to your calls, and then. Um, then in that case, if you use unethical things, then you're gonna, it's gonna, you know, then it will come out. But so it's just not fitting me in it. Oh, and, I see. And, it, and so, you know, I'm in a situation where, you know, I can't really. I've been, I've been trying for, I've been trying to. Okay, it's just my attitude. I just need to change it. I just need to, I just need to, um, just uh, learn to let go, go in there and just do my thing and not worry. You know, I've been using all these different. Uh, things for a long time, you know, and my wife has told me, and my kids are telling me that you know you're trying to fit a you're trying to fit a square hole uh, peg into a round hole, and and in, and in the interim, and they feel that way because when I talk to them, um, you know, they see that I'm not, you know, I'm not. Let me just say this because of time, sure. and we we have a minute left for the recording. Okay. Um, only thing I got to say to you is suffer and die. Because you're at, you know better than to live that way, to hold on to that kind of anger and stuff like that. You could be in the worst situation, but with the right attitude, you can make buku sales, you can make buku money. No matter, it doesn't matter whomever you know, are doing wrong around you, but if you have that attitude, everything seems hopeless to you. Your job does fit you. It's just your attitude is not fitting the job. You need to let your anger go so you can deal with God is good. And he would cause you to deal with whatever situation you're in. That situation is perfect for you so that your light can shine if you were not holding on to 
this resentful, this resentment, what, this feeling sorry for yourself, looking at something or someone else to blame. You just have to suffer. And we are out of time. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home. Police fired flashbang grenades and rubber bullets at demonstrators. When we walked through these doors last year, our first and most urgent task was to rescue our economy. These steps have saved or created about 2 million jobs so far, but more than 7 million have been lost as a consequence of this recession. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. As long as white folks are afraid and they have this false guilt about black folks, uh, we only it's have a only going to get worse rather than getting better. Surely you don't believe that what this nut said is representative of African Americans, do you? If it's not, why didn't we hear an outcry from the black community? New York became the sixth and largest state in the nation to allow gay marriages. Every family is based on love and is exactly the way God wants it to be. the founder, the president of the group Bond, the Brotherhood Organization for a New Destiny, which I am a proud board member, the Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. For the last 21 years now, we have been rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. As you know, we have a home for young men that we bring in from around the country, and we show these guys how to overcome their anger first. Because if they don't forgive Everything else that we do would be in vain. Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson is the founder and president of Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. What is that? We are rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. We have a home for young men from 13 to 25. We show these boys how to overcome their anger, forgive their parents for not being there, stop hating themselves and others. We help them finish school, find jobs, start businesses. And I'm proud to tell you, we have done it without the help of the government. We have not received one penny from the government. We need help. We need financial help. We can use it. And our battle is not a battle between blacks and whites or whites against blacks, but good versus evil, right versus wrong. It is so important to me that men and women understand how important it is to get men to turn back to God. What people don't realize is that there is a spiritual order to life. And when that order is broken, the family is broken. And I have to tell you, families are in crisis today. It is amazing to me to see the destruction of families today. America is in an extremely serious crisis. 
Men and fathers are under attack. Families are being torn apart. Time is running out. For over two decades, Bond has been helping men and families find a sober mind and a peaceful heart in an increasingly dangerous world. We must reach millions more. Help Bond restore our families and our country by making a generous tax-deductible donation today. We're not going to be able to rebuild America until we can rebuild families. Men have to lead the way.